0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of IJDHTF, where we are talking about only murders in the building.
1: Today, we are talking about episode four and five.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we left off on that cliffhanger at the end of episode three, where Oliver's dog had just been poisoned.
1: Yes. And it turns out his dog did not die, which Thankfully. makes my heart feel better.
0: Yes. So he did have that note on his door that said, in the podcast where I will end you, So then he was like, it must have been Sting. Oliver had been Googling and found out that Sting lost millions of dollars in mismanaged funds and that Tim Kono was actually his like investment manager.
1: Yeah. So they take this opportunity to try to get Sting to confess about the murder.
0: Yeah. So they did find out he was in the building the night of the murder and during the alarm. And, you know, who better to give them advice on how to get this info out of Sting than to go to Cinda Channing, who is the host of All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. It's played by Tina Fey.
1: A.K.A. Tina Fey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So her advice to them was to cook a 17-pound turkey because no one will turn someone away who spent all that time to cook them a turkey.
1: Okay, so her advice wasn't to cook a 17-pound turkey, but she said that's what she did on her podcast, and it really worked. So she said, go find your 7-pound turkey. Like, go find what works for you. And then we find out that they just cook a 17-pound turkey.
0: Yeah. The other advice she gives them is embrace the mess. That's where the magic lives. And you, like, it was so weird because while they were in her office, she just, like, gets a phone call and she gets, like, acquired for $30 million and isn't even, like, throwing a party or anything. She's just like, oh, yeah, we got it. (laughs) That's funny. It's like, okay. And something interesting about this episode is each episode kind of has, like, a different voiceover person, right? And this episode is Tina Fey, and it's kind of in her, like, podcast voice. And it almost sounds like her character is kind of trying to encroach on their podcast. Yeah. And kind of like steal the idea for herself.
1: Or like. Come or paint in and... them
0: as possible murder suspects.
1: Correct. Or like overshadow and like. I don't know. It does seem a little bit sketch on her part, but.
0: We'll have to wait and see where that goes. Yeah. But Charles gets to go on a date with Jan, the bassoonist.
1: I know, which he's been like heated over her every time they meet in the elevator
0: yeah so they go on this date and it is so awkward she gives like all this information about herself and then he gives zero information back and she gets frustrated and just leaves because she's like stories are like a transactional thing on a date you can't just get a bunch of stories out of someone and then give them nothing
1: yeah i actually like that a lot i think that was like must have been like a producer take on relationships and where it's Mm -hmm. like If you're gonna go out to dinner with somebody, you need to like participate in the exchange of information. It's a reciprocating act.
0: Which later in the episode he goes to her door and apologizes and he does open up about Lucy, who we've heard a little bit about, and this brings into the omelets that he was making and he kept seeing like Looney Tune characters dressed up throughout this episode.
1: You kept saying Oh, I think that maybe he worked for like WB or... No, I didn't say that. Or maybe that's what I was thinking.
0: Maybe that's what you were thinking. Yeah,
1: you were saying something like, I can't remember what it was.
0: I wonder if he had a child that died or something is what I was saying. Right. So we find out that Lucy was his ex's daughter and that they had been dating for a couple years and he like booked this cruise for their anniversary and while on this cruise... Like the mother and Lucy went on an excursion without him and then just flew home and didn't come back. Yeah. Because the mother thought that he spent too much time like hanging out with the daughter and not like trying to build romance in their relationship.
1: And she also was into like adventure and mm-hmm. he didn't, he doesn't really like to adventure. He likes to, he's kind of a couch potato a little bit.
0: Yeah. So then it kind of explains the Looney Tunes characters because he was left on this family fun cruise. Where he had like paid for a character dinner and everything else, and they yeah. like it now haunts him. And he
1: was the only one with, yeah. Who was it? Uh, the pig. Porky
0: Pig and Bugs Bunny. or Bugs whatever. Bunny,
1: and he's like having dinner with Porky Pig and Bugs Bunny
0: as they're like throwing like confetti and stuff all around him, and
1: yeah, that does sound like a really depressing. I'm not sure. I think this is more like a side story.
0: Yeah, but it does explain, because for a while I was like, oh, Lucy went missing. Like, maybe he could be a suspect. Oh, could be. But now that we know the story, I'm like, Charles is probably not a suspect at all. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that they brought that back up. So
1: Which, that is interesting because now I'm kind of like, are the main characters suspects? You know, well, like, What's-His-Face has quite a bit of incentive because he's broke, you know?
0: I mean they all have different incentive. Everyone in the building has some sort of incentive to be right. the murderer. So, they end up bringing Sting this turkey and interrogate him and he confesses. He starts like crying and being like I murdered him or whatever Right. or I killed him. And then they find out that Sting was under the impression that it was a suicide and he felt like it was his fault because he had just fired Tim he had and told at him, him yeah. to like go kill himself because he was so upset. So, he had, like, been taking on all this guilt and all this blame. And that's why he had, like, moved up his tour dates and everything right. else. was So he could get out of town because he didn't want to deal with it. And then he finds out that he was murdered and feels, like, a weight lifted.
1: Yeah. It was actually really funny. But somebody who is kind of suspicious is was Sting's... Uh, I guess it's, like, her house
0: It's, like, his manager assistant. or something. Yeah. And she did come up a little suspicious because... What if she was the one who was actually mismanaging some of the money and like she, like Tim called her out on it or something and she got upset and then shot him? So that is And she was like shooing them away. Yeah.
1: Like brushing them to get out and like didn't want them to come in and
0: Or ask any questions about Tim or the money or yeah. anything else. Whereas Sting was like relatively open to answering yeah. questions. Um so then we see mabel kind of going through the short road mystery because if you remember that note she found in the last episode said gm 131 one four p.m shore road so there was a hardy boys book called the short road mystery she looks it up she sees that it features a guy named gus montrose and when she googles that name she finds montrose jewels which is in new jersey on shore road and she's wondering like was he planning on selling all this jewelry he had right did he own like the jewelry place like what's going on here so she's trying to figure that out and then the big cliffhanger at the end of this episode is Oliver's son tells him that Mabel and Tim had been friends for a long time yeah so now cliffhanger you, you know that they're going to get really sus of Mabel
1: and we are going to leave you on that cliffhanger from a word from our sponsor
0: Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. Enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. If you listen to this podcast, I know one, you love to listen to audio. Two, you love a good story. And what's better than Dipsy, which is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people in immersive scenarios. So you feel like you're right there. Listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush you never made a move on or that coworker you always had a little thing for, or maybe a story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to you. They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. I know I am in the mood recently to just like listen to nice, relaxing soundscapes when I go to sleep. Like instead of turning on the TV, like, let me listen to something that is just going to relax my mind. And Dipsy is great for this. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to dipsystories.com slash time, that's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to DIP, S E A com slash time dipsy stories.com slash time. So we start off episode five with obviously Charles and Oliver getting a little sussy and Mabel, but at that time Mabel is being followed by tie dye guy down the road. She's like walking. She's getting ready to go to New Jersey to check out that place. And she's just being followed and she leads this guy down an alley. She pushes him to the ground. She like takes out her knitting needle which is kind of like a flashback to that very first episode where she had, like, stabbed the guy to death with the knitting needle. So she has, like, the knitting needle and goes to stab this guy, and we find out that it's Oscar.
1: Yeah, and so this is kind of like a reunion for them? Yes. And she's wondering why he—because he got out about a week ago from prison, so she's wondering why he hadn't, like, told her he was out.
0: Yeah, so he told her that he was on his way up to see her the night of the murder— And that's why he had been in like the building and on the fire escape during that time is because he was going up to her floor.
1: Right. And then,
0: and then she said, well, why didn't I pass you in the stairwell? And he's like, maybe we did pass each other and just didn't realize. Yeah. Which is kind of weird.
1: Which she does not ask very many questions. No. So in fact, she invites him to join her on
0: the excursion,
1: excursion to find out what's going on with this jewelry shop.
0: So Oliver now just thinks that Mabel is a serial killer. And he convinces Charles that they need to go follow her because they see her with the tie-dye guy. Yeah. And they're like, we got to follow him. And he's like, I got to go get my car.
1: And he's like, you have a car? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you park your car here?
0: Like you pay to park your car yeah. here. So he's paying a ton of money for parking. And then you find out that his license has been suspended for 25 years and he doesn't even drive the car.
1: And You're like, what is going on here? Did he find a loophole?
0: So Charles drives the car. Yeah. Um, and they second
1: mortgage on his car
0: and they are like driving around following them and they have to like stop at a gas station to get gas and Mabel and Oscar had also stopped and the car overheats. So then
1: there's a guy there that's like really friendly, which I think that's like probably a ploy on New York like how friendly people are.
0: Well, I think it's fun because they're going to Jersey, right? So I think they're saying like New Jersey people are so much friendlier than New York people.
1: Yeah. So he's like, oh man, let me take a look, pop your hood. And he's like, I don't think you're gonna be driving this anywhere.
0: So he like convinces these guys to drive them. Well, they're like, we
1: need to follow this person because we're investigating a murder. And these people were like, okay, sure.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit, out there, but it also was funny because it's like these two black guys picking up these two old white men yeah. to go investigate a murder.
1: Which there's some undertone jokeage But about they that. did
0: recognize Charles from Brazos. Yes. So that probably helped.
1: It kind of like helped them. So these guys actually are kind of famous in the podcast world. The two that pick them up. Yeah. Which I can't remember their names, but they do own a company for viticulture. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, a bunch of cacti in the back.
0: Yeah, so they're, like, giving all this info on these poisonous cacti and everything else, which is fun. And at this time, Mabel thinks that they're heading to visit the jewelry store. And Oscar thinks that Tim was actually going to visit Mabel's cousin, who is a tattoo artist named Tavo. So they make a little pit stop to visit Tavo on the way. And that's where Oscar gets to meet Oliver and Charles for the first time.
1: Yeah, and they're like, why are you you know, like, what's going on here? Are you guys, like, accomplices?
0: Like, did you murder him together? Like, what's going on here? And Oscar does admit that he heard the gunshot because he was on his way up to visit Tim. And he was like, oh, I thought maybe I would just rough him up a little bit, whatever. But when he got to the door, he heard the gunshot. And this brought me back to me thinking that his father is the possible killer. Because if... His father was up there and he saw the person leave the apartment. He wouldn't tattle on his father. But if you heard a gunshot, wouldn't you stay in the fire escape until you saw the person leave the apartment to see who shot the gun?
1: Maybe, but they also said the window to Tim's apartment was open and that's where the killer entered. Why would the janitor who has all the keys, why would they enter through the window?
0: But they don't know for sure that they entered through the window either.
1: That's true, but that's where the cat entered?
0: Yeah, but just because the cat entered, he could just like his window being open. That's true. He's on the 12th floor. He probably doesn't smell the urine on the streets of New York. This is a murder. (laughs) So I still think that the father, the superintendent, could possibly still be a suspect for me.
1: Yeah, but we honestly are just going to keep watching and learning more.
0: So Tavo mentions... That Tim thought he was going to be murdered because he was trying to take down a black market jewelry dealer. And Charles and Oliver were like, eh, this is, like, this reclusive guy who's, like...
1: Doesn't own any jewelry. He's just lonely.
0: Like, why would he ever deal with that? And then Mabel empties the bag full of jewels that were found in Tim's apartment. And now they're like, whoa.
1: Which I guess that explains why he had all that. Because they were, like, illegal, maybe, or...
0: Or fake Smuggled or, or something. Yeah, something. So I'm interested to see what happens next. Currently, I would say the top two suspects for me would be the superintendent, the father, or the manager of Sting or whatever the house
1: right. person. It has to be somebody in the building, right? And That's I think idea.
0: it's going to be like a sub character like that, where when they announce it at the end, you'll be like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Like,
1: Yeah, it could be the... Uh, The lady, the um, superintendent of the building.
0: Or it could be the bassoonist.
1: Or it could be the cat guy, you know.
0: It could be anyone at this point. So Uh tune in next week for episodes six and seven of Only Murders in the Building.